this. I, I like I like what I feel in y'all this morning. My goodness. Amen. Y'all act like y'all happy to be saved. Act like you happy to know the Lord. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Hallelujah. Amen. Those who's been redeemed from the hand of the enemy. If you, if you ain't been redeemed from the hand of the enemy, you don't have nothing to say, nothing to shout about. But if the devil had his hand on your throat and you almost lost your life, but God brought you back, you ought to have a praise in your spirit. COVID had gripped me a few weeks ago, but I'm here today. I got a praise in my spirit. Amen. Why? Because thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Let me, let me move on before I lose myself. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we praise you, love you, thank you, honor you, appreciate you. God, I'm praying that you would hide me beneath the cross, that you would think through my mind. Speak through my mouth, God. Illuminate your word, God. God, uh, in touch the hearts of the hearers and the ears of the hearers and the spirit of the hearers, God. Let there be a union between the speaker and the listener that cause revelation knowledge to flow freely, unhindered, unchecked, and uninterrupted by any satanic or demonic forces. And we thank you for it, and we believe you for it. In Jesus' name, let everybody say Amen. Come on, put your hands together one more time. There's no necessary reason. Now, the scripture does say clap your hands, all you people. But when I ask you to put your hands together, there's no spiritual reason. It's just something about the noise that gives me energy. So I always ask you to do that, and you guys respond, and I appreciate it because it helps get that atmosphere right for the word of God to go forth. All right, let's get our Bibles in our hands. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I will have what it says I will have. I'm a part of Deliverance Temple where we love by living our vision every day, we connect with our creator continually. We confess our deliverance consistently. We commit to serve creatively. And we communicate Christ's love compassionately. Pastor Andre, feed me this word. Amen. If you believe you're going to be fed, just go ahead and make some noise. I'm going to uh, teach from the title, A Love Like No Other. A Love Like No Other. We have moved into February, and on February, um, I'm, I'm usually thinking about Black History Month, but I'm also thinking about relationships and sometimes I also think of other things, but I just I felt like it's it's good to get in that relationship flow. But I, I just wasn't feeling it this time around. So I thought, well, maybe I'm going to start with Black History Month, and I wasn't feeling that either. But then I settled in on something that I actually ties in all that stuff together. And 
what we're going to do, I'm, I'm going to start off with the very first verse, something that I haven't quite really taught on before because it's such an odd uh, book of the Bible to teach on, especially when you have uh, you don't have children's church and you have children in the church. It's an odd book to teach on, but I think God has given me something that's going to bless us if I can do it correctly. So I'm going to need your help in prayer. But bring up Song of Songs 1-1. It simply says, the Song of Songs, which is Solomon's. The Song of Song, which is Solomon's. I'm going to have them bring up, and I'm going to show you where, which, how I'm going to do this. I'm going to be using uh, two different versions as well as a commentary. And would you just show them back there? I'm going to use the ERV, which is the easy-to-read version. I'm going to use the ESV, which is the English Standard Version, and I'm going to be using Matthew Henry Concise Commentary. That's, that's how I'm going to, going to uh, lay it out. And this is the way I'm going to do it. I want to put this up as well to give you just a little bit before I move forward to show you how I'm going to do it when they put it up. We're going to start off with the sensual, then we're going to connect it to the spiritual. And sometimes we'll connect it with the historical. So we're going to be sensual, spiritual, historical. One of the reasons why it's hard to preach from Song of Solomon or Song of Songs from the pulpit because it's so central and seductive in the nature of its poetry. And before you get done preaching, you done forgot all about the spiritual. You done, you. Your mind is in something else. But I'm going to try to give us the sensual, but I'm going to start with the sensual. I'm going to try to make the parallel with the spiritual. And in between, I'm going to try to work in the historical so that you can understand what it means to have a love like no other. All right. Before I get into this, we're only going to use the Song of Songs chapter 1, but I have one other verse that I'm going to get to, and I'm going to use that because it's something that we quote all the time, but I actually want to give us the context where it comes from, and then I'll, I'll explain it. So let's put up 1 Corinthians 15.46, and this is just one verse. It's not the full chapter of Corinthians, but it's from this verse we get something very familiar. I, I'll read this as well. It says, the spiritual did not come first, but the natural. And after that, the spiritual. This is where we get the saying, first comes the natural. So the reason why I'm going to start off with the sensual, because the literal scripture, that's where it starts. And it's okay for us not to always be in the clouds and act like we're not human. We spiritual, but we're some sensual folks too. The in interesting thing about our spirituality, our spirituality and our sensuality and our sexuality, they all run on parallel planes. In other words, they run side by side. But every now and then, all three of them connect when you least expect. You can be feeling spiritual one minute and sexual the next. And you don't know how you got from one place to the other. 
And if you can understand how we are wired and how we are built, it will help you with your humanity. Stop trying to be so saved all the time and, and, and be honest sometimes. I'm a human being. When me and my wife are together, I don't always want to hear mighty clouds of joy. Sometimes I want to hear something else. Because I'm a spiritual being, but I'm also a sensual being. I'm also a sexual being. But here's what's interesting. God created us that way. He knew who we were. He knew the risk that we, we would have if he would create and subject his creation to vanity. He knew what it would take, but he did it for a reason because all of those wires in us, it shows us the crazy hot love of the Lord. Everything we see in natural life is a parallel or a metaphor of the way God loves us. I, I know you like the way the temptation sang it and you like the way Jodeci sang it, but there's no love like the love of God. There's no love that can move you like the move of God. I, I, I know you like a man and there's a woman, but there's nothing that can make you feel like God can make you feel. Now, now let, let's not be uh, be uh, uh, unpractical or impractical. When we look at life, certain things in life feel good, especially the sensual and the sexual. But the thing about that, it feels good momentarily, temporarily. But there's something about the feeling of God. That lasts from morning till noonday till evening. That'll take you from January all the way to December. That'll take you from Monday all the way to Sunday. It's something about the feeling of the Lord. And that's why you can't trade the eternal for the temporary. So I want to get us locked in, but we want to begin to experience a love like no other. So let's look at this very central, passionate language, and let's begin to go. Before we do that, I'm, I'm going to start off with Matthew Henry co uh, commentary. Then I'm also going to show you how it's laid out. When you read Song of Songs, especially when you read it in the King James Version without any... Uh, any breakdown, what you don't understand that it's laid out like a play. You have speaker, different speakers. And later in like the easy to read version and the uh, English standard version, it actually shows you who speak it, which helps you understand it. So it's, it's like a play. It's, it's a balancing act. It's a beautiful thing, but it's really speaking of the love of God and his church, his bride, us. But it shows us the natural side too. So let's, let, let's dig into this a little bit. Let me, let me give you something from Matthew Henry's commentary and then we'll try to get rolling. This is the Song of Songs, excellent above any others, for it is wholly taken up with describing the excellences of Christ and the love between him and his redeemed people, Matthew Henry commentary. Let, let me speak on that just for a second. The beauty of this is God loves everybody. John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world. But he has a special relationship with those who have been redeemed, who have accepted his redemption. Guess what? Let me, let me, let me say it this way. I love all of y'all, but I love Devin in a different way than I love all of y'all. I 
love y'all. I like y'all. Some of y'all think are fine and cute and beautiful, but I can't think you're more fine than the one that I betrothed myself to, that, that, that I've built and done life with. That, that there's something. In other words, she's like they say it in the old days. She my main squeeze. She, 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 she is, it's different. I, I can't love all y'all like I love her. And God loves the whole world. But when you say, I want to follow you, God, when you say, I want to be saved and I, I want to walk this life, there is a certain love that's different the way he loves you. Yes, he's good to everybody, but he loves you in a special way. And the problem we have many times, we have focused on how much we love God. And we haven't focused on how much God loves us. Now, this is not in the notes. This is something I was wrestling with because I was thinking maybe I'm going to preach this, but I, I, I decided not to preach this. But let me throw this in as a, a side note or a rabbit trail. When you look at Peter and John and when you look at the cross, very interesting, Peter, James, and John were the three of people in the inner circle. When Jesus goes to the cross, all the disciples were scattered. And the only two that got anywhere close were Peter and John. But before Jesus goes to the cross, Jesus tells Peter, you're going to betray me. And Peter says, no, no, Lord, not me. Because Peter was so concerned about how much he loved Jesus. He loved Jesus so much he couldn't see himself making a mistake. But here's the thing, pressure bust pipes. And when you get in pressure, you don't know what you'll do because your flesh will let you down when you get in pressure. And let me speak of sexuality and sensuality for a while. When you've been without it for a long time, I don't care how saved you are, you can get yourself into situations where you do stuff that you really didn't think you would do because we all have to deal with this flesh. And Peter said, I'll go with you all the way. But we find out that he ended up betraying the Lord. But John didn't say anything. John said, I'm the disciple whom Jesus loved. In other words, he didn't focus on how much he loved Jesus like Peter did. He focused on how much Jesus loved him. And what we understand is when Jesus was hanging on the cross, he told Mary, Mary, John, I want you to take John like you took me. Because John was the only disciple that made it all the way to the cross. He didn't run. He didn't get scared. And the only thing he did was focus on how much God loved him. And in religion, we tell people, all you got to do, you got to clean up, you got to love the Lord, you got to do this, you got to do that. But we forget to tell folk what God has done for you. And when you understand how much he's loved you, a love like no other, it changes you, it rearranges you, it makes you understand God has been there for me. God has been my breath. God has been my life. In him do I live. In him do I move. In him do I have my being. Yes, I got flesh, but because I have the love of the Lord, you're going to find me in heaven one day. When I take my last breath, I'll cross from this life to the next life. Not because all I've done, but because of his love for me. It's a love like no other. Alright, I believe I've set it up good enough for us to get into this beautiful poetic language. So let's give you the very first uh, person that's talking. This is the woman to the man she loves. So th this is the woman, and she's talking to the man she loves. Let's put up verse 1, Song of Songs 1-2 in the ERV. Read that, Mother Mitchell. 
Honor me with kisses, for your love is better than wine. Oh, my goodness. She know how to talk, don't she? Cover me with kisses, because your love is better than wine. Let, 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 let me talk to you married folk just for a second. You have to understand men are like microwaves, but women are like crockpots. Women like you to take your time, like what they call foreplay. In other words, don't just be wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. No, cover me with kisses. Take your time with me. Enjoy me. And I'm here to let you know on the spiritual side, uh, we are saying the same thing to God. God, cover me with your kisses, your kisses of favor, your your kisses of grace, your, your kisses of joy. And when we were confessing over the offering, we're saying the same thing. God, I'll take some kisses of checks in the mail. I'll take some kisses of dividends. I, I'll take some kisses of benefits. God, God, cover me. I know you love me, but show me that you love me. Let me talk to you women. You women, you know, you don't just want to hear love, but show me you love me. In other words, open the door for me every now and then. Tell me I look good every now and then. When I walk behind you, go ahead and pat me on my behind every now and then. Let me know that you like me. Let me know I'm the cat's meow. Let me know. And I'm saying the same thing. God, I know I got to deal with life. And I know I got to deal with the flesh. And I know I got to deal with the devil. But God, every now and then, come down and cover me with your kisses, God. Hold me in the midnight hour, God. Show me that you love me, God. Because it's better than wine. All right, let's let's move. Y'all can see how we're going to go this morning. Y'all can buckle your seatbelts. We're going to try to work this thing this morning. Let's, Let's go to verse 3. Your perfume smells wonderful, but your name is sweeter than the best perfume. That is why the young women love you. Y'all, you, you, you smell good. Now, 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 I've heard this said by women. It's nothing like a good-looking man, but it's nothing like a good-looking man who smells good, too. It's one thing about a man look good, but when you look good and smell good, it's something about it. And she said... Your perfume smells wonderful, but then, then she says this, your name is better than the perfume. When, when you study in the Hebrew, it's basically saying that your name is like a cologne itself. In other words, what colognes do, it triggers your senses. When you smell something, it does something to you. But she's saying your name is so great. All I got to do is hear your name and it'll put me in a trance. When I hear somebody say you're Jehovah Jireh, I get drunk with love. When I hear somebody say you're Jehovah Roah, because your name is great. When you call him Mary's baby, when you say he's the lily of the valley, he, he's the bright and morning star, your name is as great as perfume. Then she adds this. She says, that is why the young women love you. It's something about you women. Don't nobody want somebody that don't nobody else want. Some women get jealous when other women pay attention to their man. And other women love it. Because he belonged to me. I I want somebody that everybody wants. I I want somebody that when I walk in the room with him, everybody turn their head. I want somebody. I'm I'm the same way. It's funny. Uh, Devin says she don't like driving my car. 
I was like, why don't you like my drive my car? Because she's like, all the time, every time I drive your car, these men be stopping me talking about what kind of car you drive. I was like, baby, they ain't looking at the car. <laughs> now, they, it is you that they like. And I want you to drive the car because I want all the other men to know what I got. Yeah. I, I don't want to get too personal and too detailed, but, but I, I love the way my wife is very classy. In her appearance. But she has more that she's working with than what she show y'all. So sometimes she would, she'll put something on. She's like, dude, this look good. Is this too tight? I'm like, it ain't tight enough. Go ahead and walk with that thing, baby. Show them what you're working with. I want everybody to know what I got. But here's the beautiful thing when you, when you look at it, it says, I, I want to have such a relationship with God that I don't have to testify. I don't have to talk about it. When I show up, people know this is the Lord's doing. Andre's too dumb to be this smart. This can't be Andre. This got to be the hand of the Lord. This, this got to be the wisdom of God. I want it to be so much that everybody knows who I love. All right, let's look at verse 4. Take me with you. Let's run away. The king took me into his room. Now, now let, let me switch a little. I'm, I'm going to go back and forth between the central and the spiritual. Haven't got the historical yet. I'll throw some of that in there. But, but let me throw this in there. This is for you women as well. I, I'm talking a lot to women because our church is made up of 70% women. Even when we look at the online audience. I've, I've, I've studied We're about 70% women. So I talk to the women a lot. But let me tell you something about men, women. Uh, especially married men, women, uh, married wives. Let me say this. Sometimes men don't always want to be the initiator. They, they want you to sometimes tell them what's necessary. So she says, take me away with you. In other words, don't beat around the bush. Don't, don't make me wait all day. Tell me you want me. Tell me I'm somebody special. And we are all like that. Tell me. In other words, praise me. And God is saying the same thing. And we see that he wants his lover, which is us, to talk to God and tell God, listen, I want to run away with you, God. In other words, yeah, yeah, I'm grateful for Sunday morning. I'm grateful for praise and worship. I'm grateful for the organ and the lesson. But at the end of the day, I don't need all that. God, just me and you. If you just come down in the midnight hour and talk to me, I'll be happy. That's why I have a praise break in my car sometimes. I have a praise break on the job. I don't need no church to have a praise break. Because I love my God in such a way. God, take me. Because when I ask God to take me, even though I, I love him, he shows me how much he loves me have you ever had a worship session just you and God if you're saved and you've never had a worship session just you and God you do not know what you miss I've had some great times in church I've had some great times at the altar but the best times I've ever had has been in my secret place he that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. When God touches you, when there ain't nobody but you and him, it is something special. 
And once you've experienced it, you cry out like this woman cried out, take me away. Let's run away together. Let's, let's do this. And, and this is what someone else said. Listen, the truth of the matter is we all could live saved if it wasn't for other folk. If it was just me and God, man, I'd be so saved. The problem I have is other folk. But when it's just me and God, it's, God has a way of just making us feel a-okay. You ever been in a real bad situation and been able to say from a uh, truth in your heart, I got a feeling everything is going to be all right. I mean, everything ain't all right. But it's just something about the way God loves you. You just know he's not going to leave you like this. I don't feel no ways tired. I, I come too far from where I started. from. I know God ain't going to leave me like this. So that's what I come and I praise God anyhow. You can tell people who talk to God like that because some people, when they get in trouble, they run away from the church. Other folk, they be in trouble and they come straight to church because God is all they got. And they say, God, me and you going to go through this, man. I, I'm struggling, but I'm going to struggle with you, God. Take me away, God. Calgon, take me away. No, God, God, take me away. All right, let's, let, let's move on. So this is the, the next, the women of Jerusalem. They speak to the men, not, not, not the main woman, woman, but the other women. This is what they say. Let's read verse uh, 4 again. This is more of verse 4. We will rejoice and be happy for you. Remember, your love is better than wine. With good reason, the young women love you. So the young women are saying the same thing as the main woman said. This is why everybody loves you because of the way you treat her. And the way she responds whenever she's in your presence. So here's the thing. We need the folk out there to be so excited about the way God does us and the way we are when we are in his presence. And here's the thing we have to tell ourselves, saints. The reason why the world don't want the church because the church don't make God look appealing. We look like we're sucking on sour lemons. Always judging, always gossiping, always fighting. But when you meet a real Christian, when you meet somebody that's saved, saved, that loves the Lord, I love the Lord and I won't take it back. It's something about them. You can tell when somebody's been in the presence of the Lord. It's just something about them. Have you ever had somebody that don't know you say to you, there's just something about you. And what they don't know is the God that I serve. I got God on the inside. I got God on the outside. I got God above me. I got God below me. I got God around me. I, I got God beside me. I got God behind me. And that's why everybody looking at me and saying, I want what he has because I have the Lord. And church, we got to get back to the place where the world wants what we have. Right now, the world is running from what we have. And I don't blame them. Now, the, the, the beautiful thing about technology is we can broadcast online. But the bad thing is I'm seeing what's broadcast online. I'm seeing what people call church. I'm seeing what people call anointed. You call that anointed? I would not get up out of my bed on Sunday morning to go there for that. 
Ain't no way. We got folk that's not anointed as, 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 as a boogie in a backyard. They ain't got nothing. And they up running churches. They call themselves bishops, cussing bishops, all kinds of stuff going on. No, no, no. Give me the anointing, the authentic, the unadulterated power of God. And when the church gets back to that, you don't have to invite folk. They will come running. They'll come running. All right, she speaks to the women now. We're going to go into verses uh, 5 and 6. Actually, we, we're, going to st- we're going to slow down with 5. For, I'm going to bring in some historical here. I am very dark but lovely, O daughters of Jerusalem, like the tents of Kedar, like the curtains of Solomon. See, back in the day when you was putting relaxer in your head, you thought that was the only dark and lovely. <laughs> but a long time ago, she said, I'm dark. And lovely. Let, let, let me pause just for a second. This is Black History Month. Every now and then you got to tell yourself, I'm dark and lovely. Don't, 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 don't let anybody tell you, you cute for a dark skin girl. No, 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 uh-uh. Don't add that. No, I'm cute because I'm cute. I'm dark and I'm lovely. I'm black and I'm proud. Now we have white people here, so what, so what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to say the same thing. I'm a white and I'm cute. I'm light and I'm fine. You might be high yellow, whatever color you is, you better be glad for what you are because God has preserved you. Do you understand that there was millions of sperm that tried to get to the egg, but somehow you cracked through the room and you come out of life. You are somebody. You should have been dead a long time ago. I'm dark and I'm lovely. I'm light and I'm lovely. I'm big and I'm lovely. I'm thick and I'm lovely. I'm skinny and I'm lovely. I'm tall and I'm lovely. I'm short and I'm lovely. I am somebody because God made me the way that I am. Now, can we all do some things to better ourselves? Yes, we can. We can go to the gym or we can go to the surgeon. We can do whatever we got to do. But at the end of the day, it's not so much about the outside. It's about the love like no other I have on the inside. Very dark and lovely. Now, now I will say historically, some people have called Solomon black because of this statement, but they didn't know who was speaking. This is actually the woman speaking. But that at least lets us know that Solomon, now some people are not sure if Solomon was writing about himself, but we do know that there were darker toned people in that area of scripture. Now over in the 15, 16, 1700s, all the way down to the 1900s, when they start making pictures, and go to the Bible, they make everybody white. But that ain't historically accurate. And this woman just told you right up front, I am dark. Well, it don't mean that. When you study Hebrew, it don't mean that. No, don't lie to me. No, that's exactly what she said. Now, let's let's look even further. Now, now we're going we're gonna to pick up something uh, uh, spiritual here. Let's look at the, the sixth verse. Don't look at how dark I am and how dark the sun has made me. My brother Stop right angry. there. Latin lets us know she's talking about her skin color because she talks about how dark the sun has made her. But all right, let, let's go back and uh, continue to read. My brothers were angry with me. They forced me to take care of their vineyards so I could not take care of myself. This is something beautiful and spiritual that I need you to understand. 
See, back in the historical times, women were the lowest of the low right above the slave. So even because of posterity, when a father had a son, he would be happy because he would carry on the name. But when a father had a daughter, he wasn't as happy because the daughter couldn't carry on the legacy, they, they thought. And so sometimes the woman had low degree. If, if you notice, like Rebecca, she was the one out uh, with the water who was feeding the, the, the cows and stuff. You, you, you look at the woman at the well, what she was doing. But what this woman said, she said, the reason why I'm so dark is because I was out in the sun. And the reason why I was out in the sun is because my brothers pushed me out there. They, they made me do the hard labor. But what somebody meant for evil has turned around for my good. They put me out there because they didn't like me, but I'm dark and lovely because of what they did to me. And I'm here to let you know what the devil put me through. It's made me as good as I am. The reason why I'm as fine as I am is because the hell I've been through. The reason why you as special as you are is because you went through. The devil meant it for your evil, but God has turned it for your good. God turn it around. God turn it around. Oh, old story, and I got, I got time to quick, quite jump in this real quick. It's an old, a made up story of two neighbors. Uh, it, it was, it was a, a black neighbor and a white neighbor. The white neighbor was rather racist, and they, they had uh, just a little bit of fence, and on each side of the fence, they had, uh, flowers or plants. And so the racist lady kept throwing all her dirt over the fence to the black lady's flowers. And she thought she was burying her and killing her because of her hate. But what the black lady said, is said, every time you threw dirt over there, you was actually fertilizing my plant. And one day her plant shut up higher than the other person's plant. And she was un didn't understand why. See, you kept throwing dirt on me and junk on me and mess on me. You kept trying to hate me and kick me and push me down. But what you did to me, it made me rise up. It, it made me become who I am. Still I rise and still I grow and still I come. And when we look historically, nobody been done wrong like the black people. Yes, the Jews were done wrong. Yes, the Native Americans have done wrong. But when you look at America, nobody has been done wrong like black people. But the fact that we're still here and still standing and still have our right mind. I'm glad you didn't like me. I'm glad you brought me over here in a slave ship. I'm glad you turned your back on me. But God's been there for me. And if God be for me, who can be against me? I'm glad you didn't like me. I'm glad you didn't love me. I'm glad you molested me. God I turned it around for my good. Some of y'all cried about people that left you. You ought to be glad that they left you. You're going to bump into them later in life and thank God that they divorced me. Thank God they dumped me. Thank God they fired me. Because God, you made it work for me. I'm dark, but I'm lovely. All right, let's... Let's go on. She, she speaks to him. She speaks to him. Let's go, go to what she says in verse 7. Man, I got I to gotta move on. I'm, I'm getting too excited. I love you with all my soul. Tell me, where do you feed your sheep? Where do you lay them down at noon? 
I should come to be with you, or I will be like a hired woman caring for the sheep of your friends. This is so powerful. I got, I got to take some time to slow down and, and explain this. And so she's, she's saying, I love you with all my soul. So she's like, tell me where you feed your sheep. Where do you go? And she, she mentions noon. Noon is an important time in that historical context because a lot of activity happened at noon. And so she was saying, tell me where you specifically are. Because if you don't tell me where you are, I'm going to look like a hired woman. And, and the, the, the biblical context cleans it up a little as they translate it into English. But when you study it out, basically said, she said, if you don't tell me where you are, I'm going to look like a prostitute. Because I'm going to have to wander in this field. I'm going to have to wander in that field. I'm going to have to wander in that field. And all these other folks are going to think I'm just a loose woman looking for any and everything. But really, what I'm looking for is you. So keep me from going through all that and just show me where you are. God, if I find favor in your sight, show me where you are. God, I'm tired of bumping my head. I'm tired of being in this addiction and that addiction. God, show me where you are so I can follow you, so I can grab you, so I can lay down with you. I'm like Ruth and Boaz. God, show me what field to be in. God, lead me and guide me. When you get old enough, you get tired of making decisions for yourself. And just last week, Mother Mitchell preached to us about us going our own way and following another path when God has a plan designed for us. And when you're young, you feel like you've grown, you want to do it your way. But the older you get, you say, God, show me your way. God, show me your path. I don't want to be out here looking like a prostitute, like a harlot, trying any and everything, addicted to this one day and addicted to that one day. God, I want you. God, I want your favor. God, I want your anointing. God, I want your forgiveness. God, God, I, it's you I want. So show me where you are. In other words, call to me. Tell me where to go. Tell me where to be. Now, now it says he speaks back to her. She was very, I, I, I love the aggressiveness of this woman. She loved him and she's like, listen, let me know what it is. So now he, he speaks to her. Let's go to uh, Song of Songs 1 and 8. You are such a beautiful woman. Surely you know what to do. Go follow the sheep. Feed your young goats near the shepherd's tent. All right, so she he asked she asked him a specific question. Tell me where you are, and then he says, "You're so beautiful." It, it, it's, it's something about us men. Sometimes we can't get past the visual. You're so fine. You 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 talk to me. And let me go back to Devin for a second. Sometimes <laughs> she be at the house and she be talking about something. She's like, why are you staring at me? I want to tell her why I'm staring at her. Do you really want me to tell you why I'm staring at you? Now, now, yes, she's talking about what we need to do, but I done forgot. She, she moved a certain way. I'm just over there just looking and, and staring. And, oh, she, you're beautiful. Now, 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 I need to say that because as human beings, we never see us the way other people see us. See, I may see you're beautiful, but you see all the flaws and all the issues. And even my, my own self, people have told me, you're handsome. And I didn't know I was handsome because I, I didn't see myself that way. I don't see in the mirror what y'all see in the mirror. And even though I post pictures online, it takes me 25 pictures to get one good one. Y'all be liking the picture, but you don't know it took me 25 pictures, 17 filters to get it the way it looked like on the Instagram. I, 
We don't always feel that way. But when you have somebody that loves you, they love you flaws and all. They, they, they love you at the point of your need. They, they love you above and beyond. And I'm here to let you know, God sees you so beautiful. And sometimes you're saying, God, I don't want to be addicted to this and addicted to that. God, tell me where you are so I can find you. And God says, I ain't worried about your addiction. Because you're beautiful to me. But, 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 but God, I failed you. And God, I slipped back. I ain't worried about that because I paid the price for your sins. You, 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 you beautiful to me. But, but God, I cuss every now and then. You're beautiful to me. But God, I get drunk every now and then. You're beautiful to me. God, I get hooked on pornography. You're beautiful to me. Because what God said, when I see you, I see my son. I see that he was hung. They, they lifted him high. They stretched him wide. I see the blood of my son, and you're beautiful to me. But I'm not good enough. You're beautiful to me, Ruth. But I'm not special enough. You're beautiful to me, Kelly. But I'm not good enough. You're beautiful to me, the essence. I wish I could call all your name. God is saying, you are beautiful to me because of what I've done in your life is so great and so grand. I don't see you the way you see you. And then he goes on to tell her, he says, you surely you know what to do. In other words, what God is saying to us, yes, you've made some mistakes, but I put something in you. I'm not going to rescue you and pull you out of everything. I'm trying to let you know you know what to do. You got the answer on the inside of you. And all you got to do is just get some confidence about yourself. Well, God, I can't do it. And God, I can't make it. God, I can't make these ends meet. And God, and God said, yes, you can. God is talking to us like the little engine that could. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. And he wants you to say, I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. He wants you to turn it to, I know I can. I know I can. I know no, I can't. And God is trying to let you know, God, you are somebody. I put it all in you. All you got to do is move forward. All you got to do is embrace. So he says, go follow your sheep. Then it said, feed your young goats near the shepherd's tent. Let's, let, let's put up something that Matthew Henry's commentary says. Let me read that. It says, those whose souls love Jesus Christ earnestly desire to share in the privileges of his flock. Turning aside from Christ is what they dread more than anything else. They want to follow the track of what has been the practice of godly people. So when you really want God and you begin to slip, the person that hurts the most, if you really are saved, is you. Listen, I ain't worried about Mother Rankin's sins. I'm not worried about Joyce's sins. It's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord. I'm standing in the need of prayer. And so what? What when you put the context together, what God is saying and what the man was saying, if you would just follow how the feeding goes, if you would just follow the sheep, in other words, find somebody who can disciple you. If you can't get it together, what you have to understand in the body of Christ, everybody's not down at the same time. Listen, if this whole section is depressed, come over to this section. If this whole section is depressed, come over to this section. The way the body of Christ is made, God don't let all of us be be destitute all at the same time. Somebody's going to have the help that you need. 
So follow the one that you can feel the anointing from. Listen, I love you, Ruther, but I don't feel no anointing around you right now. I'm moving over here. I'm grabbing this person where I can get some help. And sometimes the help you need is not even the church that you go to. You might find somebody of another church and you go and have lunch together and they set you on fire. What God says, there's always somebody you can follow. Paul said it this way, follow me as I follow Christ. Now as your pastor, as your leader, I try to put myself in a way where you can follow me. But because I'm human, you don't need to follow me all the time. Follow Pastor Andre, but leave that Dre alone. Dre Dre is somebody different. Every now and then I slip off into Dre. And, and, and I'll give you a good reason, a, a good time I slip into Dre is Mondays. Because on Sundays I'm preaching, Mondays is my day off. And on my day off I want Netflix and chill. I want, I, sometimes I want Morgan David when I don't need it. Sometimes I want a bunch of stuff. So don't follow me and think I'm the best thing. No, you need to learn who's got what you need in the time that you need it. Sunday morning I'm going to have what you need. Monday, I may not. You, you may need to find. You may need. To, that's why we don't lift up just one person. Now, of course, I'm joking a little, but what I'm trying to say, I'm human like the rest of y'all. So don't put all your stock into me. That's why we do life together. We live in our vision every day. There ought to be somebody in the pews that can help you get the help that you need. All right, let's let's go to uh, verse nine, Song of Songs, one nine. This is still him speaking to her, my darling. You are more exciting to me than any mare among the stallions pulling Pharaoh's char- chariots. Now, this don't really sound that appealing. Are you comparing me to a horse, man? What you talking about? But we have to go back to the historical context. He says, you're more exciting to me than the horses that pull Pharaoh's chariot. In today's terminology, when a person has a very nice sports car, they talk about the horsepower. Because it goes all the way back to history that the chariot that had the fastest horses was always the highest chariot. So let me put it in our vernacular. He said, I get more excited about you than the Ferrari I got in the garage. I get more excited about you than the Porsche I got in the garage. And the reason why I use that and not Cadillac, because that's another level. A Ferrari is like $450,000. We're talking about high, but he said, you excite me more than all this material stuff. And that's what you got to understand, women. When you are who you are and you are confident in who you are, he will move heaven and earth just to be with you. That's why you got to have some confidence about yourself. And if you do run into a rich man, just because you have never been rich, don't be being all sheep. Is, uh, no, 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 baby. Walk tall. Walk good. Be like Esther. If I perish, I perish. But I'm going to see the king. Because he may have, he may have been to the Bahamas. He may have been everywhere else, but he ain't been with this mama. This mama will blow his mind. Let, let him get a piece of me. Now, stay safe when you do it. Now, I'm, don't, don't do too much. But let, let me let me just throw this in. This is I like what Paul would say. Paul would say, "This is God and this is me. This ain't God. This is Andre." But I do believe there are some people that God is going to bless them with wealthy men. See, 
God sometimes wants you to build with men who don't have anything and y'all build together. But some of y'all too old to be doing a lot of building. You need a, you need a sugar daddy that's saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. Send them on, God. Send them on. And hopefully they'll come here and tithe and be a part of the church too. <laughs> All right, that's enough of that. Let me, let me move on. Verse 10. Look at what, let me say something to these men. Look, look at how he talked to her. Men. Your cheeks are so beautiful with those ornaments hanging beside them. Your neck is so lovely under that beautiful string of jewels. Your cheeks are so beautiful with the ornaments. He's talking about her earrings. So she must have had them big ones that was hanging down by her cheeks. Your cheeks are so beautiful with them ornaments that are on you. Let, let, let's talk to you men for just a second. The problem with us is, is your wife done got her nails done, her hair done, her eyebrows done, her eyelashes done. She didn't even pluck the hair out of her nose and you don't recognize nothing. You don't, you ain't said nothing. Now, I, I have to be honest, I've had to learn sometimes Draylon will beat me in telling my wife about her nails. I'm like, man, give me a chance, man. But I'm learning when they do all that, we got to be attentive. Because if we don't tell them, there's somebody somewhere going to tell them. That man who's taking the money at the cash register. You know your, your fingernails look nice. No, no, I ain't going to let nobody else out tell so you know what I've been doing? I've been, I've, been, I've been cheating a little bit, Sister Ruth. Every now and then, Devin puts on her calendar when she get her nails done. So I'm looking, that day, I don't care if I see him or not. I like your nails, baby. I like, I know what day it is. But the problem is one time she's like, I didn't go today. Dang. <laughs> but I'm trying to make sure I'm on that thing. But the man was talking good. But spiritually, whenever we, here, here's the problem. We've always been taught whenever we mess up, God's going to throw lightning strikes at us. But we've never been taught that when we do something positive, God is the first one who wants to tell us something. He's the first one to let us know you're doing good. Here's, here's the thing. And I've, I've been, I've been struggling with this lately, even more since my father passed. I've really been battling this. It's something I battled some years ago, but I have this feeling that I'm never doing enough. So I read through the Bible every year, but oftentimes I do it audio. So the devil tell me, well, that don't count. You ain't really reading. And I'm like, yeah, maybe. Well, I, I didn't hear it all. But instead of uh, uh, celebrating the fact that I've done this almost eight years in a row, something in me says, it's not enough. Oh, you preach good, but dang, I was too long. Because then I go back and I edit it and I'm like, man, I said too much. Sometimes we get in that place, especially if you're like me, if you're a little bit of a perfectionist, you find a way to drive yourself and we forget that the fact that God is trying to celebrate us, but we're always looking at what is wrong. So y'all got to pray with me because I'm working on that. I'm trying to get better in that. But some of y'all had that same thing. It's just like you want to do well so wet, so much that sometimes you don't give yourself grace. The person that you fail to give the most grace too many times is your own self. We got to do better about that. Let's, let, let's go because God is like this man. God is speaking well over us. All right, let's, let's look at verse 11. Let's make you some more gold jewelry and decorate it with silver. Let me talk to you men again. Valentine's Day is coming up. 
This man said, I like what you have. Let's buy you some more. Some of the problem is some of y'all women, the reason why they get upset with you is because everything they got, they got to buy it. All the jewelry they got, they got to buy it. You ain't never looked at what they had and never just blessed them with something. This man said, I like what you got. Let's buy you some more. If you got to work some overtime, do it. She worked it. All right, let's, let's, <coughs> let's. Let's go to the commentary and put it up. I don't want to get y'all in trouble. Because I ain't bought nothing for Valentine's yet myself. So let me. Let's put the, the spiritual gifts and graces which Christ bestows on every true believer are described by the ornaments then in you. In, in, it's supposed to say in these verses 10 and 11. So God is pointing those things out that we have because he's the one who bestowed them upon us. In other words, God does a lot of work to bless us with stuff. So he's trying to remind us, you have something. Yes, we all have hangups. Yes, we all have issues. Yes, we all have some failures. But God is not focused on that like we are. God is trying to let us know you are something. He's trying to build us up. But sometimes we we shut it off. But I'm trying to let you know in this season, listen to what God is saying. Because God is trying to encourage you. Because let me tell you something. We're in a time where everybody don't have time to run around you encourage you all the time you got to learn to encourage your own self in order to do that you got to hear what God is saying and sometimes when you slow down you might be like man my kitchen man I I ain't I got too many dishes dishes in my kitchen and God will remind you but you paid the rent dish on time well yeah that is kind of good yeah yeah uh, of course I got to get to my dishes at some point but how about I give my credit for some of the stuff I do And some of you women, especially you single mothers, you're so hard on yourself. Every time your your children mess up just a little bit, you beat yourself up, but you forget all the good that you've done. Give yourself a break. What I want you to do is take the club out of your hand, put it down, and stop beating yourself up with the club. You're not as bad as you think you are. God is speaking to you. I don't know why, why just, just in this moment, it's not in my notes, but Sister Anitra, you just came up in my spirit right now. I love the fact that you took a chance and went to Egypt and, ex- and, and explore something. And you might be thinking, like, man, you know, I, I got a young child. Forget all that. There's, there's some stuff you got to do now. You got to take chances and do stuff. God will work stuff out. And some of y'all, you need to be bold and just go and do some stuff. Book some trips. Go experience stuff because you deserve it. Many, many times God is opening doors, but we're too scared to walk through them because, oh, I got responsibilities. Oh, I got this. Yes, you have to have responsibilities. But some of y'all, you've been putting others folk. Others first all your life. It's okay to take a moment for you. So good. Go on some more trips. Do some more stuff. Yes, do it. Come back and tell us about it. It's, it's, it's important that we have that. I love, when I see my members getting blessings that are not just normal. Oh, I went to Heakin Park. We can all walk to Heakin Park. I don't care about that. When I see us doing things that are, are, and let me just say it this way, when I see us doing things that our counterparts have done for years, it excites me because it's our time to enjoy some of these things. You have people that will just, they carve out time for vacation. 
I'm going to take vacation. Other people, man, they have hours and hours saved up all them years. No, what you wasting all them hours for? Get out of town. Go somewhere. Relax. All right. Now she speaks. We got we to gotta move. Let's go to these next verses. Verse 12. The smell of my perfume reaches out to the king lying on his couch. Verse 13. Watch it. Watch yourself. <laughs> my lover is like the small bag of myrrh around my neck, lying all night between my breasts. Mm, 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 mm. Woo! Sound good to me. Read some more. <laughs> my lover is like a bunch of henna flowers near the vineyards of Engedi. Let me, it's in Getty, it's probably the, the more proper way to pronounce it. But l- let me explain that just for a second. So, What's beautiful about what she's saying in this moment is that normally a woman loves the protection of a man. They love that security. So a woman many times would think about laying her head on the man's chest. But she says, no, 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 no. I'm going to allow this perfume to lay between my breasts to invite him to lay on my chest. Because I want him to be comfortable in me. It's not always just about me being comfortable with him, but I want him to be able to lay his troubles down. And let me tell you something, women, you don't understand what it means to be a man in this age. And you don't understand the pressure that men is under. And so when a man comes home, the last thing he wants to do is have a war at home. Sometimes he just needs a place to lay his head. And if you don't allow him to lay his head, there is some woman somewhere that will let him lay his head. That's why you find folk when they die, they have a whole family in St. Louis somewhere. Didn't nobody know about, but they found some place that they can lay their head. And she says, I'm going to perfume myself. So not only when he lays his head there, but it will be smelling right. Now, here is the spiritual connection. We invite God into our hearts. See, when he came down through 42 generations, he had to be stuck in a manger. But we're saying, God, I'm opening up my heart so you can lay inside of me. If you can use anyone, Lord, you can use me. I open my heart. Yes, I got some junk in there, but I rearranged the junk and I put some smell goods in there. So, God, you can come into my life and you can lay there. You want to dwell with your people. The Bible says that God told them in the children of Israel, Build me a place where I can dwell. And he's still saying that to his people. He wants a place where he can dwell. He wants to live inside of his people. And like this woman, we say, yes, I want you to do it. Now, later on, it says, my lover is like a bunch of henna flowers near the vineyards of Engedi. Engedi is the southernmost place right before the Dead Sea. And the henna flowers, they grew like clusters. And what it was saying is, even though it's close to something dead, something great is still being produced. And when you allow God to lay in your heart, even though you have to travel around dead places, life still springs up around you. And it springs up in clusters because even though you're close to the Dead Sea, and even though you're in a pandemic, and even though you've been through a divorce, because of who you have living and laying on the inside of you life is still springing up around you now he speaks 
trying to move, guys. He speaks verse 15. My darling, you are so beautiful. No matter what she say, he keep calling to that. My darling, you are so beautiful. Oh, you are beautiful. Your eyes are like doves. Let me hit you, hit you with the spiritual connection of that. So when we allow God to come into our heart, he doesn't actually come. God is not living like a man inside of us, but he puts his spirit in us. The Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, a representation of the Holy Spirit is what? A dove. And somebody said the eyes are the window to the soul. And so what he was saying is I see the, my spirit inside of you. When I look in your eyes, I see the Holy Spirit all inside of you. You, you might think that you're a failure. You might think you're no good. But when God looks at you, he sees his spirit inside of you. He sees the Holy Ghost inside of you, the dove inside of you. And what God knows is the Bible says the Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us into all truth. Even if you're down right now, the spirit in you will rise up and cause you to be exactly what you need to be so then she speaks and these are the final words and then we'll move into our communion she speaks and what she say in verse 16 you are so handsome my lover yeah hold on just a second men like to be complimented too you are handsome I like your beard I like your shiny head come on come on talk to us too all right you are so handsome my lover read You are so handsome, my lover. Yes, and so charming. Our bed is so fresh and pleasant. Fresh and pleasant. Let's look at verse 17. Fresh and so clean, clean. The beams of our house are cedar. Our rafters are pine. Let me give you the spiritual and historical context. I can do it together there. The beams of the house of cedar. What cedar were? Cedar were st- is stable wood they were used to build. And the reason why they would use cedar is because worms can't eat through cedar. And she said, the beams of our house, in other words, our relationship is stable. And what God is saying, when we say that God, me and you, we we are thick as thieves. Our relationship is stable. And no matter what I go through, just like being close to the Dead Sea, I won't let nothing worm me get in there and rub and rot and eat through the love that I have for you and the love you have for me. Yes, I failed. Yes, I made some mistakes, but I'm going to get up and repent because I got a strong cedar foundation. I didn't build my house on the sand. I built my house on a sure foundation. It is you, God. It's Jesus Christ, the righteous. And nothing can eat through it. Then it says the rafters are pine. So what they would do, they would use just like in the ceilings, they in the rafters, they would use pine. One of the reasons why they would use pine, pine was stable but it was light. And the po- powerful thing about that spiritually is that when we have God as a banner over us, the, the, the scripture says his banner over me is love. But his banner is not a burden. We always think that God is grievous and burdensome. But no, he is able to be over us without burdening us. God is not as, uh, he, I don't want to use that word. It's a word that came to my mind. But he's not as uptight. That's a better word to say. He's not as uptight as we are. God sometimes is light. He, he wants you to enjoy life. Sometimes it's okay for you to laugh and go through life. So when God builds his banner over you, it's a banner of love, but it's not burdensome. Yes, the scripture says, if you love me, keep my commandments. But he's not, his commandments are not grievous. They're really easy because they're light. And this is what he says to us. He says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. 
and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The devil will burden you. The world will burden you. The past will burden you. Worry will burden you. But God's ceiling over you is like pine. It's fresh and pine. It has that fresh. It's fresh and light. And that's a love like no other. Come on, let's clap our hands. We're going to transition thinking about that love right into our communion. They're going to play this video. Just like we see between this woman and this man in the Song of Songs, we see the connection between God and us. So Paul says this, this way in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three: For I received from the Lord, but I also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. The same night he was betrayed, he took time to be with disciples. He took bread. Verse 24. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Verse 25. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let me just stop and just add this in this very moment. He knew exactly what Judas would do to him and told him to go and do it. But he still decided to go through and lay his life down for those he loved, even the ones that betrayed him. Verse 26, final verse. You can rise to your feet. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. If you haven't finished the communion, go ahead and finish it now. Now say this with me. Say, God, I thank you for a love not like no other. Amen. Come on, let's bow our heads and let's pray. Yeah, you can go ahead and clap. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, God, we thank you and praise you, God. God, we see the imagery of this beautiful, this beautiful poetry, God, the sensual as well as the spiritual and even the historical. And it just shows us the love 
that you have for us. God, we ask that you help us in our natural relationships, both the single as well as the married, but you help us even more in our spiritual relationships to show the world a love like no other and make us make the world jealous so they'll run in saying, what must I do to be saved? And if there's anybody in this building or online or who will watch afterwards in the rebroadcast who does not know you, Father, in the part of their sins, I pray that they would just pray these precious words. Father God, come into my life, come into my heart, save me so I can experience this love like no other. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I'm going to put your hands together. God bless you.